AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Thor had a problem. He had too many fish. In particular, he had too many salmon. But it wasn't just Thor. It was his whole country, Norway. The thing is that in the 1970s, fishermen in Norway had turned from traditional fishing methods to something new, the fish farm. The newly minted fish farmers had become very good at their jobs. And when they started raising fish in net pens in the sea itself, it took fish farming to a different level. And soon they were harvesting fish like never before. But even as Norwegians were farming more fish, the numbers of fish they were eating were going down. Maybe that wouldn't have been Thor's problem, except that in 1981, he was appointed to a new job with a title, Norwegian Minister of Fisheries. So, all of a sudden, all the fish that were being put away in freezer storage were precisely his problem. The freezers were industrial size, but they were getting full. Thor needed to help Norway's fish farmers figure out a way to sell all that frozen stock. Fortunately, though, Thor remembered an idea that had come to him after he had been elected to Norway's parliament in 1973. As a member of the Government Committee on Shipping and Fisheries, Thor had visited another nation to build a relationship with them. Japan. And on that visit, he had seen a nation where people ate a lot of fish. He thought that maybe they would be interested in buying fish from Norway. But for a while, that idea swam in circles. That is, until 10 years later, with the Norwegian fisheries on the brink of collapse, selling Norway's fish became a bit more pressing. So as the new minister of fisheries, Thor pulled together a team and started what they called Project Japan, a mission to sell Norway's fish to restaurants, markets, and families who were serving up fish every day. This might have been a tough sell, because of course, Japan was also a fishing nation. But Thor's idea came back at just the right time. Japan's population was booming, and Japanese fishermen were struggling to keep up, because in some places the waters where they fished were going dead. And the UN had just ruled that Japanese fishermen needed to stick closer to home. For a people who had been eating sushi since the 8th century, this was a disaster. Even before refrigeration, salted fish had been wrapped in fermented rice and preserved as a delicacy. In fact, that's where the name comes from. In English, the Japanese word sushi could translate to, it's sour. Something like the sushi we know today, raw fish wrapped in rice, was being served up in the middle of the 1500s. With fish getting more scarce, though, there were a lot of people ready to look for new currents to bring fish to Japanese meals. So when Thor arrived back in Japan in the 1980s, he saw a match made in heaven. Fish went flying from Norway to Japan. Sales doubled, and then nearly tripled. It all seemed to be going well. 
But there was one fish that didn't interest Japanese chefs very much. They said it had the wrong color. It had a bad smell. They even said its head had the wrong shape. Sure, they would eat it sometimes, but definitely not in sushi. And it definitely wouldn't be eaten uncooked. And there was a good reason for that, too. When it was caught in the waters around Japan, it was usually infected by a parasitic nematode, Anasakis. So as far as the Japanese were concerned, it wasn't safe to eat raw. But Thor knew that there was one place where they had been eating it raw safely, the Norwegian embassy. Plus, he and his team had lots of this bad fish to sell, farmed in the waters around Norway and the North Sea. So they set out on a marketing campaign to convince a whole nation to buy their fish, put it on rice, and eat it raw. The story was loud and proud. The bad fish wasn't bad if it came from Norway. The water of the North Sea was cleaner, the fish were fattier, and there were no parasites to be found. At first, though, Japanese eaters stayed skeptical, and no matter how hard Thor and his team pushed, they just wouldn't buy it. That is, until he offered one of Japan's biggest frozen food companies, Nichi Rei, 5,000 metric tons of the bad fish for almost nothing. They couldn't pass it up. And that was Thor's step one. Step two was to have a celebrity chef start to repeat the company line. The color wasn't wrong, just different. The texture of the fish was smooth. The fat was tasty. And it didn't hurt that sushi chefs across the Pacific in Los Angeles were also experimenting with the fish that would never be served on a roll at home in Japan. It took time, but eventually it worked. The reputation of the fish with the bad color and the bad smell turned around. In fact, if you've ever eaten at a sushi restaurant any time in the past 20 years, you might be surprised to learn that the fish listed at the top of the menu is something of a recent innovation. Because even in Japan, one of the most popular fish to eat with sushi today is the one that Thor worked the hardest to sell. The fatty and delicious Atlantic Salmon. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Some people are just really good at holding things together. The Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles without Ringo keeping steady rhythm on the drums. King Arthur defeated the Saxons and ruled over England with the help of his Knights of the Round Table. Abraham Lincoln united a country ravaged by war, and it cost him everything. And then there was Harry. Harry's full name was Harry Coover. He didn't play in a rock supergroup or carry a legendary sword, nor did he wear a stovepipe hat, but he did change the world and he did it with chemistry. Coover was born in Newark, Delaware in 1917, where he lived until he was a teenager. A passing train hit his car while he was driving and nearly killed him, putting him in a coma for almost two months. After he recovered, his family moved to upstate New York, and he was able to finish high school. Coover had a brilliant mind, even at a young age, and went on to major in chemistry at Hobart College. Then he continued on to get his master's degree and then a doctorate in organic chemistry at Cornell. All he really wanted to do was help people. He'd written a dissertation on commercial synthesis of vitamin B6, research that was commandeered by the U.S. military. From there, he started working with plastics. Polymers were a far cry from pharmaceuticals, but the American soldiers fighting overseas in World War II needed inexpensive and accurate sights for their guns. Harry believed that plastics were the future for military warfare, and in 1942, he began development on a clear plastic gun sight to be affixed to Allied rifles. Among his trials and errors, he tried one formula which he scrapped early on. He'd been working with chemicals known as cyanoacrylates. However, during his tests, he found that they couldn't be molded or shaped easily. The slightest bit of moisture caused them to polymerize and become quite sticky. Since there was moisture in everything, they could stick to literally anything they touched. Harry didn't think much about the substance and continued with his work, eventually taking his talents to Eastman Kodak in the early 1950s. He didn't work on cameras, though. Harry had been put in charge of a group of scientists who were developing heat-resistant polymers to be used in the canopies of jet airplanes. He thought back to his work on the gun sights and remembered the cyanoacrylates he'd given up on six years earlier. It seemed like they might work in this instance. He tested his theory by spreading the clear, viscous liquid between two refractometer prisms and pressing them together. There was just one problem. He couldn't pull them apart, no matter how hard he tried. Harry and his fellow researchers then began testing his cyanoacrylate formula all over the lab, applying it to random objects and pushing the limits of its strength. And while they didn't think it would work too well on jet planes, it seemed to have a great future as a commercial product. Harry patented it while Eastman Kodak boxed and branded it as Eastman No. 910. They put it on store shelves shortly after. Over time, it was licensed out to various manufacturers who changed its name to everything from Quickset No. 404 to Superbonder. 
Harry Coover even went on popular game show I've Got a Secret to show it off by lifting the host right off the floor with only one drop. According to one urban legend, it was believed that the World War II soldiers themselves had stumbled upon the sticky stuff and started using it to patch themselves up on the battlefield. That story wasn't true, but it did find a use during the Vietnam War as a makeshift bandage until injured soldiers could get to a hospital for stitches. It's also used by hobbyists in assembling model miniatures, and thanks to its water-repellent ability, it's a favorite tool among home aquarium enthusiasts. Today, the product is known by two simple words, regardless of who makes it or how it's marketed. Superglue. An adhesive so nice, it was accidentally invented twice. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.